Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's Psalm 67 is on the shorter side. It's seven verses. To the choir master, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us. Salah. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Salah. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. This is the word of the Lord. So our second psalm in a row that is not identified who wrote it. And that's okay. Uh, We know it is the Lord's word. We know God inspired his word to be written down. So whether this is David or Asaph or the sons of Korah or somebody else entirely, it is a hymn that was sung by the ancient church for centuries. And it is a hymn that has continued to be prayed by Christians to this day. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Indeed. What a first line. This is our prayer. We want God to be gracious to us. I like to define the word grace, which gives us gracious. Grace is the gifts that God gives us. Or when God gives us what we don't deserve. I don't deserve his forgiveness but he has given it in Christ. I don't deserve his love, but he gives it. I don't deserve to be saved, but in Christ again, that gift is is mine. May God be gracious to us. May he grant us peace and hope and comfort and joy and salvation. And he does. And bless us. And I'm not sure we can make too much of a distinction here now, because when God blesses us, he's giving us his gifts. We'd be talking about the same things again. Some repetition. Make his face shine upon us. That reminded me of the ironic benediction. Some of you recognize it by that title. It's from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. It is the blessing Yahweh told Aaron to speak. Aaron is the high priest to speak over all of Israel It is a blessing many of you hear week in and week out. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I have not actually taken to saying Yahweh as I speak the ironic benediction in church. I do say the divine name in the Old Testament readings when it shows up, but I haven't made that shift yet. That would be a harder one, I think, because I've got those words so embedded, so ingrained 
into my mind one way, it would be hard to change. And it would sound unusual, would sound strange to the people. But it is God's word from Numbers chapter 6. So what does it mean that God would make his face shine upon us? Now, we could certainly talk about the transfiguration of Jesus, where his face did radiate light. God is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. Revelation talks about not needing a sun because God is there. God gives light to his creation. Sure. But for his face to shine upon us, I think we can be more direct. It means he's looking at us. It means he sees us. And if he knows us, he sees us, then it is as we had two psalms ago, the idea that the Lord provides. He inspects and he provides. He knows our need and well provides us. That benediction, very fitting there, again, that the Lord would look upon us with his favor and give us peace. The psalmist continues, though, that your way may be known on the earth. That in order that, for the purpose of. So God bless us so that the earth would know. God's gift, God's salvation, when God works these wondrous deeds for his people, let the rest of the world know. Let the rest of the world see it. Exodus 7 verse 5, that's the purpose of the plagues. As God is rescuing Israel, that the Egyptians would come to also know that he alone is God, not their many gods that they worshipped. So the plagues very specifically seem to target the idol-worshipping community. You want to worship the Nile River? God will strike it. You want to worship the sun? God struck it with darkness. He's God alone. And so may the earth see his goodness, may the earth see his miracles, may the earth see his salvation, his saving power, which the psalmist here probably has those old old events of the Exodus in mind, for example, but we have the cross in mind. May the earth see, and may they rejoice too. Jesus died on the cross for all people, not just for some. His death isn't just for me. His death isn't just for those who are elect. He died for all. His death is the death for all sin of all time. May our neighbors come to know it. May the Holy Spirit work in them that saving faith. So a family conversation around that verse could be, how does he save? And if you want, you can dig into those Old Testament stories of God's salvation. The Exodus, Judges, how he saves David from Saul, all kinds of accounts of salvation in a smaller sense, and then move to the salvation that we have in Christ. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. A theme of revelation, certainly, but also seen throughout Scripture, the idea that God will be praised by every nation, He will gather to himself people from every tribe, nation, people, language. I probably repeated something in there. Uh, The list is abundant in Revelation. People will be gathered from the ends of the earth. This is good. Thanks be to God. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. As we should. 
But there's a reason. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. In a way, this is something our culture hungers for. Or at least they say they do. American culture in the 21st century hungers for equity. Which they see as a a level playing ground for all. would say this verse suggests that the Lord in his judgment does not judge with partiality. He doesn't look on some as favored and others as less than, but he looks upon all the same as he judges. That is a good judge. We should wish for such judges. We should pray for such judges to rule over us here and now but it is the Lord who ultimately brings such judgment. And he guides the nations upon the earth. He leads us in his way, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. His law, third use of the law, is a guide so that we would know how to love our neighbor and have the opportunity to do so. I brought up our culture there because it's important to recognize ways to speak the gospel to the people around us. If you know that your neighbor next door to you really values family, the scripture gives you family metaphors to talk about. God is our father. Christ is our groom. We, the church, are his bride. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. You have lots of those family languages that you could work with. If your neighbor really values safety, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Psalm 46, verse 1. Shield, fortress, so many pictures of safety, right? If our neighbor values equity, there is no one less partial than God. If we know our neighbor, if we come to know them, then we might be able to learn how better to speak the word of God to them. Where it is to take them that might be of more benefit to them. In prayer, hoping the Holy Spirit will work faith within them. We have a God who is impartial. Who doesn't judge a book by its cover, if you want to phrase it that way. That phrase seems to have fallen out of popularity. I don't hear it as much as I used to. Verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God has brought them into the promised land. He has provided for them. He has given them all that they need for this body and life. Family conversation. What blessings does God give to us? And it's the same in that way. God gives us all that we need for this body and life. This body is immortal. This body lives forever, so it's not just daily bread, as in food, for now, on your table. That is good. It's a good gift from God. We thank him for it, but man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, and Jesus Christ is the bread of life. 
and life is everlasting in Christ. So God gives us what we need for this body and life forever. He gives us himself. He provides for today. He provides for tomorrow. He provides for forever. He's preparing a spot for you, a seat for you at his table in paradise. And this is good news. God blesses us. So let all the ends of the earth fear him. For by fearing him, they are also under his blessing. To fear God is to trust him. Right? When you fear something, you trust it has authority over you. You trust it can impact you. You fear a tornado. Sorry, it's spring. It's tornado season. You fear a tornado because you trust that it could destroy your house. Fear is a kind of trust. And so those who trust in the Lord, even if it's a fearful trust, we are to fear God. He is almighty, all-powerful. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. The psalmist prays that the faith in God, the trust in God, would spread throughout all the earth. That's a good prayer. And again, it's already happened. There are Christians throughout this world. We may pray likewise, uh, that the Lord would continue to work through us to spread his word, to sow the good seed. And we thank God for all of his blessings that are too numerous for us to even count, but we can try and give thanks each and every day for what he has given.